following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. baby that's right the out of tune podcast back for episode four anyone check me on that real quick that comes after good i think so i think it is for you uh my excuse for not remembering is i do too many podcasts and i i don't know when they pop up and apparently that's the same reason that one of our members is not with us today but that's cool it's gonna happen he also is a little laid up in the moment so first off out the bat uh let's Welcome to people that are here right now. Uh, we'll go around the room to Alex Morris. How's everybody doing? We got David Jarka. What's up? Nathan Gingrich. Hello. And the Creole Crocodile. Do Dougie. <laughs> What's up? Douglas Smith is with us. He is chilling in the garage. We got... Dave trying to uh, get away from kids. I'm getting away from kids. Nate's getting away from kids. And Alex, what are you doing? Uh, I'm just chilling. Jump, go. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> glad, glad you get the chill with us. Uh, so no, Gallardo. That's right. Our uh, co-guest. <laughs> I can't not co-host. He's a co-guest. Mike Gallardo oh. sitting out, uh, checking out G Love and the special sauce. Uh, shout out anyone that's a fan of. G love from the special sauce. First off, what the fuck? <laughs> I told him he was going to an OAR concert and he didn't know who they were. And I'm like, oh my god, I don't like them. But I, what do you mean you don't know who OAR is? I haven't the slightest. You don't either. No. It was a crazy game of poker. It was a crazy <laughs> game. It plays at bars all the time. Nope. I know of them, but I don't know. I can't name a song. They don't play at the bars I go to. I don't yeah, go to what, bars anymore. So what kind of bars? I don't know, but it's like if you pick it, it, like it's one of those things where you find the live version and you get it for like nineteen minutes. Oh, that sounds like a <laughs> riot! It's they're not bad. It's just it's frat rock. It's what it is. It's frat rock. I, I told him. Rock. I told Gallardo that he's a frat boy now. No difference. Uh, it's all right. It's 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 like. Uh, poor man's Dave Matthews band. No when you are frat rock, mm. you graduate into yacht rock. Mm. That, and no. then crotch rock. <laughs> crotch rocket. Crotch rocket. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, Matt Edwards is not with us. Um, a little late up at the moment. So rest up, buddy. And uh, we'll see you next month. Well, kind of see you. I guess we call this seeing you recording through the Zoom and whatnot. We are. Uh, Locked and loaded for this episode. A couple of topics that we're going to get into. We got a voting to do on some poor soul that's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, we'll get into that in a minute. And then obviously the album review. Uh, I think you 
did we pick it last episode? Maybe we didn't. But uh, we picked Master of Puppets from Metallica. Very topical for the Western New York region, seeing as a concert just happened just uh, a couple of weekends ago. And um, as well as the Stranger Things, if anyone's watching it, got them all hyped up uh, by using Master of Puppets in the show. So fun stuff laid out for us. Let's get into the topic of what, Nate? What are we doing first? We are going to talk about songs that uh, hit you in the feels. Songs that get you to feel emotions, maybe even have a physical impact on you. I know there's a few songs that I listen to, a few parts of songs that, you know, make the hair rise up on your arms, you know, give you goosebumps, you know, stuff that just that just hits you. It's just mm-hmm. stuff that you know you love when you hear it. It's a great topic. One that yeah. is probably my number. We have a list of topics through our group chat that we got going on. And this definitely is my favorite because it gets down to the core of why we do this podcast, which is deep down every single one of us that are talking to a mic today. And even those that aren't, the music's been a big part of our lives, whether it's literally playing in a band, creating your own music, or just binging the shit out of summer concerts and seeing as many bands as possible and just seeing epic bands and just bringing in music every day to your life to try and get something new out of it. Music's so easy like that. You can be just driving in a car to work, which is the lamest thing ever. You could find a new song along the way. That's pretty cool. Or you could even hear a song that you thought one way of it before, but now see it differently. Right. Absolutely. So, Nate, seeing as you brought this to the table, it was your topic, the first one you wanted to get get into. Let's lead off with you. Got one that's like clear and above? Is there a band? Is it a song? Is it? Well, there's there's a few different things. So the thing that made me think of this topic, I was driving in the car with my kids and uh, Wish You Were Here, Pink Floyd came on. And that's one that that's it. You know, I, I feel the hair sticking up, running down my back. I just, I, I love that song. And that got me thinking about it because I was telling my son, you know, oh, you know, this, this song, you know, it makes me feel things. And he's telling me, oh, songs can't make you feel things. And they absolutely can. You know, like I, like I said before, whether it's emotional or even physical with like, you know, the goosebumps. So that's that's one. But. What gets me every time is there's two songs by Between the Buried and Me. Uh, oh. Solos for Selkies and solo for Mordecai. Like once, the, like once those solos hit a part where anybody who's familiar with them know that there's a wide range of emotion in, in each of their songs. Like they're, they'll go from something that sounds like just absolute kicky-in-the-face metal to something that sounds like it belongs in a soap opera. Like within like a minute's time, and it's just – it sounds – fantastic so both of those both of those songs and uh, solos once they start getting down to the more melodic part and then they pick back up every single time chills down my back yeah oh yeah and then but the the song so those that's you know what i would consider a little bit more of like a uh, a physical reaction right because like the goosebumps and whatnot mm-hmm. uh but there's a song by oh sleeper uh hush yael which if I sit down and I listen to that song and I'm just, that's my goal. And I'm just listening to the song. I'm not doing anything else. I'm focusing on it. Not ashamed to admit it. 
every single time that song will make me cry. That's it's such a sad song. There's like in, in the in the song itself, there's you you hear the anger of what's going on. You hear the sadness. Uh, the song is about I don't remember the details exactly, but in the seventies when one of the wars was going on over overseas, it's about uh, soldiers coming into a family's home and pretty much just ending them because they're different, right? So. Like the song, like Hush Yael, Yael is the name of a baby who uh, lived with them. So the mother took the baby up in the attic, was hiding, while the, while the soldiers took the father and like a four-year-old daughter out outside and was beating up the dad. They killed the dad. They ended up killing the, uh, the daughter. And the whole time the mom is up in the attic covering uh, the baby's mouth to keep her quiet, which killed the baby. Wow. So the song is just, I know it's a downer. I know, but that's what this, you know, this is what hits you in the feels. Right. <clears throat> and uh, so like the song, you know, Hush Yael, it's like the, the, the singer is singing from the mother's point of view. So, you know, saying Hush Yael, they can't hurt us anymore. That man's not going to be where you are now. And the thing that hits me the most with this song is it's based on a true story. And it's just, it's, like when it gets to like the the heavy breakdowns with the anger, like I feel angry. Like I want to punch the guy in the like you know. I, I it just it gets you going. Yeah. And then it gets to the parts where he's singing from the mother's point of view with the with the chorus, and it's, man, it just brings you down. It's it's sad, but it's just so well done that they're able to make those emotions surface. It's a good one. What's the name of the band? Oh Sleeper. I'm definitely looking this song up. Yeah, it's um, on. Uh, I can't remember the name of the album. We got to start like a Spotify playlist for this podcast. You, um, yeah, uh, somebody brought that up last episode, I think. <clears throat> it's on Children of Fire. All right, cool. Jeez, I'm looking that up. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> children of fire huh <laughs> i think yeah. the album well, may have a theme well they they, they it, it does they uh so they're not as much anymore but they were a christian band so they had one album um son of the morning which is like the battle between heaven and hell so like the last song on the album is like the battle between god and satan hmm. so it's like he's singing about cutting off satan's horns and everything and then the next album, Children of Fire, is the aftermath. Oh, it's uh, it's like if uh, like everybody thinks that God's dead. So a lot of the album is like all this evil shit that's happening in the world. But eventually, like as the album goes on, like people realize that hey, there's still good out there too. Nice. But it's not preachy Christian stuff. <laughs> I would not expect so uh, coming from you. Let's go over to Jarka. Got any band, song, album that stands out to you? I have like three songs that kind of fit this. Um, two of them are songs that kind of changed the meaning over time for me. One, the first one I'll do is it's been pretty consistent. And especially since, uh, you know, going back to, we talked about Pantera before, but Cemetery Gates, you know, especially after Dimebag died, you know, that's just, 
it's just so spooky and it's just, it just hit, it just, especially after listening to it right after he died. It, it's just maybe you made just so sad and so emotional about that. And, uh, and then, then that solo, you know, towards the end, that just, yeah, I don't, I don't, you can't really put any words into how into that. Um, and then the other two, um, the one is it's a uh, Pearl jam, um, yell led better. And the reason why for that is, is, um, me and my friend, my, one of my best friends, we were, when we were like in college, we, we used to, you know, people know, if you don't know already, I, I'm in wrestling. And before I got into wrestling, you know, what kids do is they do backyard wrestling. And we were, we had like one, what we thought was going to be our very last show that we were ever going to do because we were all in college now and whatever, and blah, blah, blah. We were probably going our separate ways. And we both went in our car afterwards and we both left at the same time going to separate places. And we, you know, that was better turned right on as, as I left. And, and as I drove home, I just listened to that. And it was just so like, it just was like this, you know, like a good way to, it felt like I was like concluding, like moving on with a different chapter of my life. And then like the next, like a month later, I was hanging out with my, my buddy that also left at the same time. And then like, I'm like, I told him about that and he goes, dude, the same thing happened to me. You know, I, I turned it on. I and I and I shed a tear too, just like you did. And that's kind of like me and my my buddies, like how we, uh, you know, just another moment in our life that we bonded together. So whenever I hear that on the radio, I, that's what I I kind of think about that 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 you know those couple minutes that day. Cool. And um, the third one is another sad, you know, sad one about a musician dying, but, uh, you know, after, after Chris Cornell died, you know, to me, black hole sun doesn't sound, sounds a lot different to me now than it ever did before. It just sounds like, once again, it's real spooky and it's just, it just hits you a lot differently now than it did before that. Like I always loved the song, but now it's, it's something even more. It feels like. All their songs kind of do. Yeah, like, like when he passed away and you start listening to his lyrics, you're like, how did everybody miss this? I mean, there are some dark, dark lyrics, man. Yeah. Um, same thing with Linkin Park. Uh, I um, was just going to say that. Exactly. Yeah, it's if you if you ever another pod, not to plug another podcast, but um, Alan Cross's Alan Cross's uh, ongoing history of new music did a, like a three or four part series on, on Chester Bennington after he died. And through the whole series, he was just like going over the lyrics and being like, the warning signs were there from day one with him. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just in retrospect, looking back on it, it was just, it was, it was there. It was, it was clear as day, but you know, we, every, everyone just kind of was oblivious to it. So, so much of rock music, though, is, is based in that type of emotion, like mm-hmm. depression and anger, angst. You know, that's that's where a lot of rock music comes from. So it's not uncommon to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you don't really think about it yeah. until uh, something we, like that happens. Blues. We kind of take it to granted until until something like that, unfortunately, happens. Kind of um, yeah. the other thing about with like Alice in Chains with Lane Staley. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe a couple about I think about a year ago, I was reading an interview that Lane Staley's mom did. And she pretty much said, you know, Lane told her all of his work of Alice in Chains was 
was just a big warning and not to do heroin. Like, and then it, it, when you go back and you listen to the Alice in Chains catalog under Lane Staley and you think about it from that perspective, it totally changes. Like what you listen to of Alice in Chains, you know, the, the one sudden, the one sudden song in particular is Junkhead. And it's about, it's like, all those lyrics are like, what's my drug of choice? What do you got? And it sounds like he's like, it's someone like glorifying drug use. But when you look at it from this respect, from a different perspective, from that perspective, ever hearing that from his mom, it's, it's just clearly, it's like a huge, it's just all sarcasm, yep. like a completely sarcastic song. And it's, and it's still filled with emotion too. When you hear him singing, it's probably, I think he's the most emotional song uh, um, in, that he did with AIC. Mm-hmm. I got to backtrack for a second for, uh, for Chester. The way he went, there were lyrics that said, "In this farewell, there's no blood, there's no alibi." He didn't blood. He did not bleed when he died, and he didn't have help in it. Yeah, <sighs> that's plain as day. Yeah, yeah. He gave you his plan. Dang. Yeah. Doug, you got a happy one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 maybe. Because I do have three, like Dave has. Um, I'll start. I'll start with the happy one that I think, and it's an instrumental. Ooh. It's uh, Steve Vai's "For the Love of God," the um, on the album "Passion and Warfare." I don't know if you guys have ever listened to this or not. It's just all guitar. Um, I do, I'm not sure exactly if the song starts this way or the previous song ends like this, but it bleeds in. It's like somebody just taking deep breaths in and out, in and out. And then the first note comes in and you're like, okay, you can feel that rhythm. And you can feel where he's coming from with the deep breathing and the relaxation and all this stuff. And he takes you someplace you have never been before and then says, you know what? You've had enough. Let's just sit here and relax a little bit more. And this song, do yourself a favor and listen to it. It is insanely good. I don't know if I have any of you guys ever heard this. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I have a, a while a while ago. I did. It's been a long yeah. time since I listened to it, but it was really good. I remember it, yeah, it's all instrumental. It's all guitar. Alex, get ready. We're playing it tomorrow. Okay. So who's um, keeping the list of the songs we're supposed to check out? The listeners. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's that's one. But it's not depressing. It's it's a very relaxing, just peaceful, serene. It's just unbelievable. So I'll go to this next song. Uh is by a um, artist who goes by the name of St. Vincent and the song Landmines off of her album called Marry Me. And basically what it is, it's like a story of, it seems to me, of she's trying to explain to somebody all the shit she goes through just to be with this person. You know what I'm saying? Hence, I'm walking through landmines. You know what I mean? This is what she says. This is the whole recurring thing. You know, I'm walking through landmines just to be with you and this and that and the other thing. And she keeps saying this. I'm walking through landmines. And at the end, it gets very 
like, I don't know, the music really gets, it kind of drops out a little bit. And I'll tell you, the recordings of these songs are just uh, like, wish you were here. It, I, 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 I think the production goes a long way in helping some of these songs uh, portray the emotion, you know, because it's like, wish you were here. I mean, when you listen to that song on headphones, it's like, you might as well just be sitting in the room with these guys, you know, and it, and it really helps, I think. But this song, and even before that, <laughs> even before that, um, there's a song, it's just a little, like, uh, maybe a minute instrumental um, piano thing called uh, I Put a Pearl in the Ground. So if you ever listen to it, it's cool to listen to the piano part before it, because then the song bleeds into the actual song Landmine. So that's one that's fantastic to me. And now one that everybody's here has heard, I consider could be possibly the greatest song ever written is Alice in Chains' Nutshell. Yeah, that's that a great song. song is insane to me man it i i just cannot put into words it's like we were saying you know with the lyrics and stuff and just listen to the lyrics and the way it's played and the way he sings it and everything about that song is perfect man i'll tell you it's i i i mean there's nothing more to be said about that song i just love that song so much like i said to, in, in my world that could be the perfect song ever written Strong take. I'm not going to yeah. argue. You pick any song out of their catalog, and I'll be like, "Yeah, you're probably right." <laughs> <laughs> they they go. They're in my top five all time, and that's a it's a hard group to get into the top five for all of us, I'm sure. But there's one band that I feel strong enough from my childhood. Yeah, it's them, <laughs> uh, Alex. Because in and I'm going to go as well. But I've already noticed that I'm going to be a lot different than you guys. So I'm going to have Alex go, <laughs> and then hopefully he keeps this momentum going before I ruin everything. What, are you going to bring the energy up? I don't, I don't know. That's, <laughs> I, I'm feeling, I I'm, I'll be honest right now. I'm feeling quite lame with, my, with what I'm going to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Cheese? Maybe. You guys ever heard of the band called Nothing More? Mm-mm. No, no. I rings a bell. I might have. They have a song called "Fade In, Fade Out," and it's a story of the father passing on and the child growing through that, the acceptance of losing his father. Earlier this year, my dad just beat cancer. Hell yeah, bro! Be good. But yeah, that song does something to me. You don't normally find. Um, I mean, maybe you guys do, but like, I, I find it inspirational to see others around me getting like emotional from another person's experience, you know, written down in words. And I appreciate it 100%. And uh, man. That's cool. You can't really replace that. 
That's music this. for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as I said, <laughs> I don't think I'm like you guys at all. I don't know if there's a single song with someone else's lyrics that necessarily gives me goosebumps or gets me in my feels. But I will tell you what gives me goosebumps. That's badass fucking breakdowns. So like when we started thinking about in our in my feels, I started thinking about bands that just just kicked me in my face with just either awesome, you know, solos like you're I was gonna bring up Between the Barrier to Me because I know I had goosebumps when I was at that show. Like goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Um the spies icon MVP is a song the the first five seconds and every hair in my body, I've got a lot of them is standing straight up and I am just ready to just go bonkers. It's it's that's what I was thinking of. Like make in my feels. I don't know if I get emotional like that, but I do get an emotional response from my body, like amped up. Like so many of the bands I listen to, like, I don't know. I don't know if I ever turned to a band to, that, that helped me in a, at a bad time or, or I was maybe relating like, <laughs> Guys, how was that that stupid kid in the country listening to Tupac thinking I was tough? I don't know anything that he's talking about. <laughs> I think the lyrics I think the lyrics are fun to say because he's a badass. <laughs> he was talking real shit though, you know? For some people yeah. out there, they would have connected on a way different level than I did. I wanted to, but I don't I I didn't walk his in the shoes. <laughs> um oh, But yeah, but like I, I was thinking of just like like man, what are bands that just like start hearing like Beauty and the Breakdown from Bury Your Dead? You know what I mean? Twelve Stroke and Midnight. You know what I mean? Like listen while listening to those songs, I get goosebumps because then they like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about them. Right? See, <laughs> it uh it ties me to like you know memories. Like maybe I maybe I'm a little, I maybe I that's it. I'm like more thinking of like my experiences and. And like my feels, like from my own experience, not necessarily someone else's. While mm. I appreciate them, and I will one hundred percent. All of your choices are excellent for very good reasons. Um, and, and mine just come from well, where? Why, why do I care? You know, me and Nate just riding along and wherever we are, going to wherever we are, and we're just slamming that shit as loud as we can. You know, we didn't want to go too loud. I didn't want to break the speakers. We're broke, so you know, don't, it's expensive to place your speakers. <laughs> Well, I mean, the radio would only go so loud. That's I wouldn't it. buy it. I, did, I didn't buy the fancy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that's that's the thing with music, though, too, is everybody listens to something for different reasons. Like my reason for listening to Beauty and the Breakdown could be completely different from yours. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's just it makes you think about it makes everybody think about something different. Every every song, I think, I, I think probably all of us these songs remind us of something in our lives yeah. like yeah. even hush that i brought up like it makes me it doesn't like what it makes me think of doesn't connect with the actual meaning of the song at all because i've never been through that thank god right, right. <laughs> um but it's still there's certain things that it makes me think of that are very personal to me and that's that's probably something too that you know adds to the emotion of it but mm-hmm. and just, just a little different for everybody that's one of the great things about music oh yeah it's something common that you're listening to but different for every single person 
Well, yeah, because I mean, I mean, Jagger's bringing up, bringing up songs from our childhood, and it's such a great point of thinking about it w- when you listen to it as a kid and everything. I mean, probably at that time, you're you're looking at it from the same perspective that a lot of what I was thinking about is just being in the moment. What you've been would have been doing when this song first came around the first time you heard it. Like I know the the first time I heard Cake was at my friend Joe West's house. You know the. Their, their first big hit, you know what I mean? That album, I can picture it. I can't see it. I don't know. Maybe it was self-titled. Maybe, I don't even remember. But, you know, I can picture that. I can picture the summer of 95, like, and, and just buying CDs. And, like, those hits me in the feels. Like, man, remember when you would discover a brand new band? Like, finding out about Bush for the first time? Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> Wait, wait, where are you going with this? Huh? I, what? I, I told you. I have a, getting over a cold or a flu or I don't know. I got. That's, that's <laughs> even funnier if you know the uh, subject matter of uh, the despised icon song that he brought up. MVP. <laughs> right. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, that's that's great. But, uh, everyone go and check out each other's stuff right now. All right. And we'll come back to the pod. All right. All right. We're back. Uh, <laughs> let's move. <laughs> that was good <laughs> stuff, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Great shit. I, I love that bush stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. Let's talk uh, concerts now. And we're still staying probably in those feels, but we're going to have some real bad feels and some really good feels. So let's start with Doug on this one. Doug, let's hear your... I want to hear... We're going worst first. Worst Worst concert experience, band, whatever. Whether it's the the venue, I want to hear whatever you got. Okay. This is very easy because this band I felt was so bad the first time I saw them. And then I got the a wonderful opportunity to see them again to reiterate how bad they were once more. Oh boy. Motley Crue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Motley Crue, I'll just say for whatever. When Motley Crue first came out, shout out to Devil. First time I ever heard them, I was on board. And then, like I do with most bands, I go back and I hear their early stuff. I'm on board. I'm on board with this band. Now, the next album is Theater of Pain, where they really started getting glammy. And it's like, oh, boy, what's going on with this? I was done. See them. Jeez, it wasn't. I can't. I don't remember what year it was. But anyways. They played at Darien Lake and Alice Cooper opened up for them. Ooh. Now, I'm not the biggest Alice Cooper fan myself. His voice just does something to me. I respect what he did for rock and, you know, all that stuff and whatever. Never heard of her. But, but <laughs> live, <laughs> live, it was great. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. He puts so now, on an amazing show. Yeah. Yeah. So then. You know, the quote-unquote juggernaut of Motley Crue comes on. And that Vince Neil just can't sing, dude. He's just done. <laughs> Finished. Dude, he's got girls singing in the background and blah, 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 blah. And we literally left. I, I what mean, year was I, that? 
I see. This is the thing is I can't remember. I want to say it was somewhere around 18, 17, somewhere. Okay. So some kind of recently then. Yeah. Pretty recently. Okay. Yeah. And then I got the opportunity to go to the crew poison, um, Def Leppard show. And, uh, so I went and I only stayed for two bands. I stayed for poison and I stayed for Motley Crue. And I walked out of there feeling the exact same way I did before. I'm like, Vince Neil just passes the torch to everybody else. I don't even want to say it's a torch because he never even held the damn thing. So he just like, girls, you sing most of the song, you know, Nikki, come up in the front. You sing a little bit. I don't know if you guys went to any of this. Embarrassing. It was just like, oh, my gosh. And then he's like, oh, you know, and then here's Tommy Lee. And Tommy Lee comes out and he does his thing. And, you know, it's just, it was just terrible, man. It was just terrible. He doesn't even sing. He just kind of mumbles half the words half the time. And it's just bad. It's just bad, man. I, I, they just really need to cash it in. You know? See, I saw them at, in 2008 at Darien Lake, and they didn't. I, I didn't really have any issues with Vince Neil singing that at all, like that. So maybe yeah. that's just kind of something they haven't done in the last ten years or so. Yeah, yeah. It definitely wasn't that long ago. It definitely wasn't 2000. But um, although I don't know, who knows? Whenever it was, I, I felt the same way. So that's, that's my worst. Um, my best is tough because I saw a lot of great shows, man. I saw a lot of really cool, like different things. Like the first time I saw that Rose was great. The first time I, I saw um, Lenny Kravitz was fantastic. Um, but I'll, I'll have to go and say, you know, the one that really sticks out to me most is definitely my first concert ever. I believe it was 88 or 89. It was Ozzy Osbourne and uh, uh, Anthrax opened up for him. And we're talking the State of Euphoria record. And Ozzy came out with No Rest for the Wicked, which was Zach Wilde's debut album. And it was unfriggin' real, bro. It was unbelievable, man. I just, I just couldn't even believe what I was seeing. And maybe it was just because it was my first show or whatever, but I don't know. It was just so good and being able to see Anthrax and, and Ozzy and Ozzy's just like uh, he's so huge to me, man. He really is. I just, I just always have loved him. And Anthrax is, you know. They're one of the, the big original, you know, founders of, you know, thrash and all that shit. You the know? Four Horsemen, bro. Four Horsemen? Yeah. They're one of the Four Horsemen. Oh, yeah. Or the Big Four. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it was very cool to see them. And I'll pick that as my fave for sure. Nice. Uh, Alex? 
worst concert experience. It wasn't a very big band or anything. It was a local show in Buffalo and uh, Broadway Joe's on five. <laughs> that place is awesome. I love Broadway Joe's. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is this a. Uh... Oh, crap. Was that panda we tried to think of? Ano Is this no. an anal pudding story? No, it's not one of those. Because <laughs> if we're including local shows, <laughs> man, I got some doozies. <laughs> <laughs> so, a band called Barriers on stage. And my friends are sitting down at the bar. Barrier? Like barrier. Like a, like a barrier to cross? Like a Jersey barrier. Something not like someone that buries people? Over. No. Or someone that picks <laughs> berries? We're getting way off target. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Having a little fun. A little word fun. Oh, Doug's out in the wilderness now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm up ahead of it. <laughs> okay so barriers on stage my friends are sitting at the bar they can't really get out of the way quick if the pit gets too big it got too big so i decided to be ironically the barrier between them and the crowd i took an elbow to the nose one mm-hmm. shot broke it twice shattered everything underneath i made a giant puddle instantly and i went outside waiting for help made another one if equal if not greater and the uh, bartender comes out and goes, points one direction. Go bleed somewhere else. Okay. What a prick. <laughs> you want to <laughs> tell me where I'm at? <laughs> so, so did so you? Me... Did you go bleed somewhere else? <laughs> uh, eventually. Let me ask you this. Is this the Broadway Joe's that, that's on Main Street? Yeah, right on five. On five. Is that mm-hmm. the well, number? Main Street, number Main? Main, yeah, Main Street in Buffalo is Route 5. Okay. See, I've Al- never heard that called Main Street. Well, Alex, well Alex's Main Street is also Route 5 in Batavia. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I guess the further out in the country you refer to the streets. Oh, I'll take it right at 12. And- I think that's Akron's Main Street, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, 90 Shout out Akron. Oh, we got a lot of listeners out there. <laughs> uh... So that was worst. Uh, let's see. Best. I have an artist in my head. I don't, I, I got to say the first time I saw flogging. Boom. Nailed it. Yeah. They did not disappoint. And I've been to eight shows since. So they're probably my most seen band. That, that or the one year I went and saw Slipknot, I decided last second that morning. Like first break at work, yeah. order the tickets. Yeah. And I go, I get lawns and Is this I, the Lamb of God one? Um I'm I'm not sure. Both both from a Valentine and Lamb of God. No, I think that was a different one. Okay. Is that the uh, one we that we took my sister to? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a buddy of somebody in the group that I met up with came up with wristbands. He found out what color the pit color was and just brought random bands. They don't check you. They just so we enjoyed like the last ten or twelve songs from the pit. Awesome! I spent money on lawn. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> nice. Yeah, and lawn that day was probably like what twenty five bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I I like and respect that Darian Lake just made it on to because it was Darian Lake show, right? Yep. Yeah, just made it there and in, into somebody's best experience because. 
they don't have the best sound, but no. they you can have some amazing nights there. Can you? Uh, good stuff. Let's go to Nate. <clears throat> All right. So I tried really hard to think of what my worst would I'm be. I'm sorry for your worst if I'm part of it, which I I might be. Actually, actually, you are. I knew it. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. And, I and, no, no, and and much and much more. Uh, so what 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 I what I decided on for my worst was actually a show that we played. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> we played at Club Infinity at one of the stupid Battle of the Band things, <laughs> and right before right before we go on, the guy who was running the show had a bunch of girls come up on stage to friggin' show their boobies with everybody. You know, they had like a friggin' booby contest or whatever. Yay! So we're up there. We're up there. We're trying to get all of our stuff set up, plugged in and everything. And he's up there doing this. It cut our set short. I was pissed. But the worst part about it is when they were up there, some stupid girl stepped on my pedal and broke my cord. Mm-hmm. I was so pissed. Like I, I was ready to shove that guy off the stage. And you're gonna you know, say I, girl <laughs> that that too yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh you know Choo-choo. i was I, I i was you know i was prepared i had lots of extra stuff but still it was, it was a monster cable it was expensive you know it, it, it pissed me off man and then uh you know and the fact that it cut our set short that that sucked it was a bad night yeah we played good i think yeah we had a good response from the crowd i think we won I don't, or is that the one where uh, the chick blew the guy and they won? There was a couple. There was a couple of those. <laughs> Just for that. <clears throat> um, yeah. So that's that's what I came up for my worst because I can't. I couldn't think of one yeah. that I attended to as a spectator. Can I? That, can I add to your story before you move on? That better have been the absolutely. Best ever. You were there too. <laughs> so my my younger cousins had never seen us. <laughs> and the first time and only time I got them to come to a concert was when there's some girls showing their tatas on a stage. I, I was so embarrassed. I, I told my aunt, I'm like, that's that will never ever and has never happened. Does this happen? We're a local yeah. band. I don't know why we're on a stage of underage girls showing. That's the worst part, probably. That's all that in my head. Here's 21, 22 year old me. Everyone's like, oh, Tata's right. No, I'm thinking like, no, these girls are like 17. What are we doing? Yeah. How long? I, I was, how long? I was going to leave that. I was going to leave that part out. <laughs> well, we didn't make them do it. We had nothing to do with it. It's, we're the ones. Just, but our, our buddy, our buddy who would uh, he would always come to our shows and and videotape us. Yeah. Which we never we never saw any of the footage. Jeff. Ever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so the guy who was running the concert, who had the girls come up there and do that, tried as hard as he fucking could to buy this footage off the guy, so he wouldn't get in trouble. Like he he offered him a lot of money, but he wouldn't do it. Is that is that the guy? And then he got a little uh, from what's her face? Um, yes, from the yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes, that's that was, the one where I was, was talking. Like that's night. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So then we came in second place that time. Yeah. What year was this about? 
2005. Yeah. Okay. So like it was, that. it was, it was definitely club infinity then. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I remember when I was in high school and it was still howdies and there was stuff like that. Yeah. Frequently. Oh, yeah. oh this dude thought he was a big shot. Good, good story. Uh, all right. Let's, let's see you bring up the best now. I see. I originally thought that you were going to bring up when you got, you, you got uh shorted lost profit or not lost profits. They're all, they're oh, gross. Oh, I said last. Yeah, yeah. I, that was still a good show, though. Like what what came out? Like it was it was it was all right. Yeah. Um. The best. Now that's even harder, because what makes it the best? Is it the show that the band that that the band puts on? Is it the audio? Is it just a band that you like? You know that that's what I was struggling with trying to figure out what to me makes it the best. So. I know I, I mentioned when we did the guitarist draft that when I saw Between the Buried and Me, I was like a kid in a candy store, just set up right in front of the guitar player mm-hmm. and just I, it was amazing. Like that that is probably the the happiest I ever was seeing a concert. That's our favorite but, venue. Yeah, uh, Buffalo Icon. Yeah, so you're you're, 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 you're you're right in front of the state, you know, you're, it's, it's close, it's intimate, it's small. So that's, that's one of them for sure. Um, the first time I saw Slipknot was, was an amazing show. It was just, just the, the spectacle that they put on was just incredible. But I, uh, I want to say that, uh, Alice Cooper might be up there too, for one of my, the best concerts that I've been to. He opened for, I don't know. It, Is that heaven and hell? I, no, maybe. I, was I don't remember. I, I I took my dad. I I get my dad tickets for concerts for his birthday and shit all the time. So I can't remember. It might have been Deep Purple. It might have been Heaven and Hell. I don't remember. But just the show that Ellis Cooper puts on is just right. fucking incredible. He hung himself at the end of the set. <laughs> like hung himself. Oh, like he was awesome. on a noose and the gallows and everything, and it drops off and he's dangling. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he used was, to cut his incredible. own head off too. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's fucking stuck crazy his head in the guillotine and cut his head off during the show. Also, it's <laughs> <That's> so fun. <laughs> uh, Jarka. All right. So the worst. I haven't really had anything terrible concert wise. I've been to luckily, um, but uh, I, um, three days grace breaking Benjamin at. Um, it was Hamburg Agri Center. Um, see, there was there too. Um, I was kind of like I was in the mode where I was still covering bands and stuff for uh, for Buffalo.com and concerts. So I was I was looking at more like from a critical point of view rather than an actual like just enjoying as a fan. So maybe if I went if I saw that now nowadays, I probably might enjoy it more. But um, it just uh, I didn't like the the sound set up there uh, at the venue. Didn't sound well. Um, my friend kind of from college kind of had me come along with them and they played a lot. All the bands played a lot of covers. Um, Breaking Benjamin played like a cover 46 and two. They actually was pretty cool, but like, I, I wasn't really expecting all these cover bands, the covers they were going to play. Cause they were all bands that you hear on the radio. So I was, and I kind of threw a curveball at me. I mean, and I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't, I thought it was kind of lame at the time. It was uh, more or um, less like a medley, wasn't it? Like yeah, kind of yeah, pushed them all together. Yeah, yeah, for for Breaking Benjamin, and I, yeah. I didn't really wasn't a Breaking Benjamin fan 
uh, at the time either. I, I, I'd seen Cedar before. And um, so I, that's kind of like, I make like my lowest, like, like, like in terms of like band, like concerts I've been to. I forgot about, I, I saw Breaking Benjamin once uh, with my sister a couple years ago. I forgot about them. That it was, that was terrible. <laughs> they, the same, same, same thing. Like you said, it was mostly covers that they played medleys. It was, it was, bleh. So you could have taken that one concert and went and saw one band and fulfilled all three of those bands by seeing by finger death punch. <laughs> In my head, I was like, what, what band is Doug gonna like, create going to out of this? Yeah. One ticket, uh, one ticket well, all the covers you want. I saw, them. I saw them live and they were really good. <laughs> I saw them before they broke like big, big and they were really good. <laughs> Musically, I'm just saying. <laughs> they, singers a corny hat. They sold but. out. They sold out fast and hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after putting mm-hmm. a thing on their page about they would never sell out. Mm-hmm. An uh, album called American Capitalist. <laughs> and Iron writes itself. They share Best. a web page with Nickelback. Yeah, I got to back up just a little bit to the Breaking Benjamin thing. I can add this to. I like, don't. I don't. I don't really want to let you. I, I can add it to a bummer list. Because it wasn't until I saw him live that Ben is not the dude that screams. He's all clean. That had me confused as shit. I thought the whole time he did both vocals. Yeah. Third down, baby. <laughs> this one's me this time. <laughs> um, if, it, if it was me, I'd have a serious issue. <laughs> you forget it's there half the time. Um, that my best, like I've said before that my best was, was seeing Roger Waters when he came with the, into the whole wall album, which, um, I mean, that's self-explanatory. It's like watching the, like the wall video coming to life. I mean, that's, I, 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 there's not really much where I can add to it. Um, maybe also that like during intermission, they had all these pictures of people that had died in battles and, and in conflicts and, 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 and like, uh, terrorist attacks that people had submitted like from the, um, soldiers that died in war. And that was, I, I mean, to go back to the topic that kind of, that really touched me and that had me glued in my seat during the entire intermission. Like I didn't leave my seat the whole time. Um, but yeah, but, but I had the one I want to mention as the best, as like my number two, like maybe even one B uh, it was, at, it was then called the, the dome theater, the pleasure dome. Now the rapids theater. Yeah. <laughs> It was Slayer, Kill Switch, Engage, Mastodon, and a band called Dog Fashion Disco. And, my gosh, that that <laughs> show! Uh, wow, like looking back at it, like Dog Fashion Disco opened up that, and they. That I wish they they would have gone further as a band, but they broke up. I think like soon after that, or maybe a couple of years after that, they played a killer version of Creeping Death by Metallica. That's that the end the end their set, and they just blew they. They just kicked everybody in the teeth to start. Then it was the first time I saw Mastodon and I was just like, wow, these guys are awesome. And I went home and I downloaded a whole, like I had a couple Mastodon songs, but I went home and I got like a whole bunch more. And now they're my favorite band of all time. Mm-hmm. Kill Switch Engage was my, one, like, my favorite band on the bill at the time. And that was awesome. I pushed my way to the front on that one. And then it's Slayer, and it's Slayer in a in a freaking club show. <laughs> they they did the one thing they didn't do the 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 you know the raining blood part. 
like at the end, like they do with the blood coming down. That's fine because the whole rest of the show was just it was just it was wicked. Like literally, like I not to use that phrase too often, but it, it was they were they just whipped they just whipped it. Um, and I went through that was like I think the last mosh pit I ever been into was that one because I was just like I, I and I was at the front and I was like you're gonna pass out from like dehydration or something. And I, I said the only way I could get to the back is to go through the pit. So I went through the pit and it was it was vicious. And I'm like, I'm never going to go in a more vicious pit than that. I think I'm retired. <laughs> and I got to the back and then I met up with a, a friend, a coworker at the time. And he, he I didn't know he was there. We were, we were sitting there talking and um, he points and he goes, look over there. It's the devil. And I look over and there's this guy walking around completely dressed as Satan with the horns and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just walking around and and his eyes are going in different directions like all different directions and he's like that guy, he's, he's on acid my buddy's like he's definitely on acid <laughs> and so i saw like the devil tripping on acid at a slayer show <laughs> that's, the, that's the best way to see a slayer the, show yes the, the, the eyes that's, of a, the, a man on acid wearing a devil suit i think I, that, that one wins that one was. that was that's still like 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 it's definitely like one B in terms of like concerts I've been to. That's fun. Well, I hope with his eyes going all cuckoo like that, he took an Uber home. <laughs> uh, there, there's 2004. I don't think Ubers existed then. I don't know uh, why I laughed at that. Well, a cab. <laughs> all right, uh, here comes my worst. It's um. I actually don't have any like that. I had like either a, such a horrible experience they stand out, or I thought that the whole band or all the bands that night were so bad that I didn't like them. Like, there's always at least a fun pocket of everything. Even if you're not seeing a great band that like that you want to see, maybe you're partied up and you know you're hanging out with your friends and it's a great time. So I settled on Rusted Root, Keller Williams, and Fat Dog at Darien Lake. It was my second concert ever. Uh, the same summer I went to Stained and Cold, Adema opened up. It was fun. That was when both those bands, Cold and Stained, were like blowing up. But then the next show I went to with Joe West, <laughs> uh, and who else came with us? Travis Atkinson, I think. I can't fully remember, but anyways, it was a gr- it was a great time because it was like our first concert, like on our own. And having fun, meeting new people, sharing some fun between us, you know, <laughs> as we do at concerts. And uh, it was all going well until uh, Keller Williams took the stage. And I was like, I don't like this guy. And then it got better with Russ Roo, And then I got really bad when it was Rat Dog. Maybe Rat Dog's first. Either way. Do you guys know who Rat Dog is? He's oh, no. Yeah, Rat Dogs with um, what's his name from uh, The Grateful Dead. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I Guitar see that's. Player. Yeah, I can't think of his name either, but I don't like it. It's not oh, good. I, I think. Um, I think that's really uh, the concert that I thought <laughs> was going to be the worst concert. Um, yeah. It was not a great experience. And then um, Joe West puked uh, and used my backpack. <laughs> that I brought with me to cover up the puke. <laughs> but then my backpack had puke and he didn't tell me and I had picked it up and then I had puke on me. And that was not great. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, I didn't really enjoy the music. Except for Russell Root was fun and I was at my first concert on my own 
no supervision because my first one was with my brother so it's kind of like going to a concert with like my dad my brother's super cool and all like don't get me wrong but at the same time we don't hang in the same crowd so you know um I also thought uh, there's another concert that stood out to me that was pretty bad uh, for the, all the wrong reasons, which is Toronto when I saw Metallica, but I had to also watch it. It was not great. Um, I also thought about another show that we played live, Nate, but you, but it's not worth bringing up now. So my best happened kind of recently. I wanna, but I want to know. What? The worst show that when we played the tutor lounge because there's oh, like yeah, six bad. people there that was bad. <laughs> it's the tiniest stage ever yeah i got really drunk and i sold a lot of cds that night though did you okay i didn't yeah. know that part <laughs> at least some positive happened out of it <laughs> um okay and Turned then uh um, when he's drunk yeah i know i guess so sham wow <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, uh, 311 at Art Park in, back in 2017. First time I ever saw 311 was on my bucket list if I had a bucket list, and it was a freaking blast. I had never been to Art Park before, so I'm at I Art Park, and they're the only band, so they play pretty long freaking time. I, I want to say they went almost two and a half hours. They definitely went over two. Damn. It was, yeah, dude, it was, or maybe it just felt like that. It was absolute blast uh by far my favorite venue by far one of my the the best performances of a band that i've seen and i've I've seen a lot of really good bands but i thought um that 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 waiting for that moment was what paid off in the end because i could have been let down big time because i'd waited since 1993 since the first time i ever saw 311 to see them live and then i finally do and it's with my wife and it's with whole bunch of my friends and it was an amazing night nate couldn't go that's the biggest bummer i remember about that <laughs> i've never seen them yeah you you couldn't go that night then we were gonna go i know i don't remember I, what i was doing i don't remember either I, but well, i do remember i, I had a free idea, ticket I'm like wanna... dude i got a free ticket and you're like i can't come yeah <laughs> it's not I, I have money. an idea but i don't want to that's fine. Have it on record. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, um, I hate I Brian, I hate to tell you this, but I would take your list and reverse it. <laughs> Dude, if that's the worst, I would reverse that list. <laughs> Only because 311 just makes me ill. I just <laughs> God. Okay, but Sorry. but what but but what's worse? 311 or offspring? Offspring. Ooh. <laughs> okay. There it is. Oh, but no they're hesitation. close. Yeah, they're they're close. Also, the first time I saw if there's a one A one B, uh, the first time I saw Umphrey's McGee at Town Ballroom, I was drinking, uh, whisk uh, Jack Jack Daniels and Red Bulls, had at least five of them. Sons of bitches, Yikes. uh, dude, it tastes like it tastes like alcoholic Smarties, no joke. <laughs> Truth and um, can confirm. I think uh, it was it was it was the most fun experience because I knew nothing about their music and every single song they played, I just loved, but I'm a jam band guy. It's, it's my, you know, it's my, um, what do you call that? Is, uh, under the rug. (laughs) Something, something I try not, I don't, I don't feel guilty, but it's something I try not to bring up that much (laughs) in the closet. There's some of the those the people that can play real jam band stuff are some of the most talented musicians that I've seen. Yeah. 
Won't dispute that, but I just don't like <laughs> it. Oh, we are, man. Oh, we are. Wait, what? <laughs> oh. Uh, okay, let's get into. Yeah, that was fun. Um, <laughs> those topics were fun. Let's get into voting out a very bad artist. I have one today. Uh, does anyone have anyone new? Nate, did you have a new one? Green Day got voted out two episodes ago. Yeah, I got a new one. Okay. Um, did we go with your choice last time, Draka? We did indeed. Oh. No. I don't think we voted T Rex out. I think T Rex is still available. The T Rex is still available. We should I'm, still, I'm, sticking, I'm still I'm sticking I'm still sticking with T Rex. Okay. We can do that. Uh you got a new one this week, Doug? I do, yeah. Okay, what do we got? Well, I don't know if you guys are going to agree with this or not, but this person just got into the Hall of Fame, and his name is Eminem. Uh, it, it's not going to fly. Dude, come on now. He's safe. I just, He's safe. I, I, listen, it's just me. But, man, there's <laughs> much better rappers out there than him. And ah, ah, I don't know. They don't call him rap god for nothing. Oh, come on. Nate doesn't like any rap, so you don't really need to. That's not true. No, what you no, like? Eminem? I like Eminem. I, li- okay, I like cool. Dre. I like Snoop. Oh, that's I, right. I like, old school. I, You're I, like me. I like I like that that group of guys. Yeah. <laughs> you ever Eminem heard of Tommy like... McDonald? Yeah, I know he is. Yeah, he's kind of one of them solid dudes. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I did choice. think of. I did consider Eminem because I was wondering like what they, what his real contribution, if his contribution to rock music was really that significant. Like I know he, like he had, he kind of had some crossover with like, um, like he him and Limp Bizkit did like a tour together. Um, what was it? The family or was it family values or anger management tour or something like that. And they, um, but like they never really, like, I wasn't sure if he really provided, if he really like, although he had some crossover appeal, I don't know if he really contributed that much to rock music to be put in the Hall of Fame for it. He is yeah. he is one of the first guys, a rap artist, hip hop artist, to hop on uh, Warp Tour. I remember um, watching a interview where they asked him about it, about why he chose why he wanted to be in Warp Tour. He goes, he goes, you ever see those dudes mosh? I'll, I wanted to show them that you can mosh my music, <laughs> and they probably I, I did. That. You know what I mean? I, I didn't. Oh, I still don't know that. <laughs> Doug, I can't, man. It he has reinvented himself hey, like five times. So no, no, no. I, I was like, you can keep bringing him back if you want, but I, I'm gonna guess that he's probably gonna he's probably gonna stay in. All right. Yeah. Do you have another one, maybe? No. Okay. Nate, did you have one? I I have a new one. Yep. <laughs> And uh, I'm sure it's going to go over great. (laughs) So I went with this guy for uh, main reason is he's kind of in there twice. That's bullshit. Ringo Starr. The Beatles are in there. He doesn't need to be in there on his own. The fuck out. Oh, so he gets to stay in as a Beatle, but he would be out as a solo artist. But he's out as solo. Yeah, I get it. I think that's great. I, I get it. I didn't think about that. I mean, he he's just I. What, what are you What are you gonna say to defend him? No, I'm not, I'm, he's he's I as a drummer. I, I sometimes I catch heat from some people, 
Oh, Ringo wasn't that bad. I'm like, I got, I got, I got a guy playing the same same decade as him over in Jimi Hendrix experience, Mitch Mitchelson or whatever his name is. Double Mitches. That dude's phenomenal. Playing in the same period. Yeah. I got one thing to say about this. Seconded. Seconded. Mm-hmm. I second seconded. 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 Okay. But I did bring one this time. But I don't know if I want to let yeah. it be like a determining factor because, truth be told, I kind of, my ADD allowed me to <laughs> do research. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I, I want, I like it being a gut reaction. I like I like going through just mm-hmm. a, a website or something and just like bam. Like I didn't get far today. ABBA. Ugh. <laughs> what, what do I need ABBA in there for? They're not special. They didn't reinvent anything. They're an amalgamation of a uh, uh, like three different um, styles of music um, into um, one. Um, and then they, they just took the seventies and said how many different genres can we pick from? And we'll just put them together. Like, and they're not the best version of any of them. Like Chicago's a band that I do not enjoy, but I will never knock them as far as musicians. Right. Because I think they're genuinely talented songwriters. I think Abba just capitalized on some momentum and just like, Hey, everyone's feeling good. It's the seventies. And the guests, crisis kind of sucked but other than that all the songs in the 70s were also upbeat and so. probably because they're from sweden i don't think many acts were from sweden back then either you yeah. know what i mean i get you there mm-hmm. just making out of sweden alone maybe we're staying in but not for me i don't uh, need them in my hall of fish fame is, i don't need them fish he's just upset because he was never the dancing queen um, <laughs> he can't be still <laughs> they they did it. Can be anything you want these days. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I I I you know what, dude? I have to go with Ring of Star with you. Okay. <laughs> I do. I'll, I'm with you. Whatever. I got no reason Not to keep him in. It's like putting Bon Jovi in there and then saying the bass player should be in there too. It's like, no. Come on. No. He didn't do it. Right. <laughs> right place, right time. Good. Ringo Starr, uh, you're lucky you're in there twice. Because uh, <laughs> now you're only in there. Uh, we, we voted you out as a solo because you stink. I wonder if we'll get to the other Beatles solo like careers. Will people bring those up? Because they're probably well. I I do need to pick a new one now. So you're not probably. gonna you're not gonna get George Harrison out. It, he's no. he's also good as a, a solo artist. <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion, yeah, he had a good career after. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick before we move on uh, to the album review, the only time I ever saw Metallica was in in Toronto, as I mentioned, and um, they were really bad. So I want to hear real quick before we get into this album, those who have seen Metallica, Doug, you've seen them, right? Yes, Yes. I saw them three times, I think. Okay. And Darka, you've seen them at least once. Twice. Twice. Okay. And then I saw them way back in 2003. Um, wah, wah. I, yeah, I had a bad experience where they were complaining about their sound I had, after I experience. after four bands, after Mudvayne, Deftones, Linkin Park, and Limp Bizkit all played on the same goddamn stage. They had the nerve to be complaining about the sound that night. 
I was pissed. <laughs> like you just suck tonight. That's what it is. I saw you on it, or you, you aren't what I remember. I remember the old days, and I never got to see them. So, I saw I them as my. It was my second concert that I ever went to. I saw them at uh, Darien Lake. So this was. I want to say it was maybe like ninety eight. Like what year were you in eighth? What year? What year were you in uh, eighth grade? Because that's when I saw them. I was in eighth grade. That might so be right. however long ago that was. So that, well, but I, I don't, that's too long ago. I don't remember. That might be Reload. At least that's the most current album, probably. Uh, Garage Inc. They toured on Garage Inc., you think? Oh, yeah. yeah. They had to have. I, I know that the, well, Garage Inc. was after I saw them, for sure. Oh, I know that for sure. Um, oh, man. You saw they, them when they, I was wanted to bury them. <laughs> they, uh, Jerry Cantrell was playing with them, too. I saw Jerry Cantrell with Creed. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say Creed so excited and happy. <laughs> with Creed! <laughs> uh, Doug, your experiences with Metallica. Jeez. Uh, Metallica, the first time I saw Metallica was at the Odd. And this is when uh, Justice for All came out. And uh, Queensryche was opening up for him oh, uh, during the uh, Operation Mindcrime album. Okay. And jeez, uh, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of what year that was. That was that was a while ago. Um, I saw them then. I really liked it. I saw them during the Black album at the arena when they were in the round. And then I saw them at the arena again. And I don't remember what album it was, but Corrosion of Conformity was playing with them. And it was the stadium tour where, like, they kind of simulated, like, the stage was falling apart. Does anybody remember this? Mm -hmm. No. No. Okay. So during the show, they're playing. And then towards the end of the show, the whole thing was, like, the whole stage rig and all the lights and everything were like falling down from the ceiling. And they were like, Oh, what's going on here? This is madness. You know, but it was our, it might've been fuel. I can't remember. They did that on the one, the one of the injustice for all tours. I remember watching the, watching the video. They did the, the, the stage fell apart after they played the justice for all album, like for the first set. I remember that from the video. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was, that was the last time that I ever saw him and corrosion opened up for him and I'm a big fan of corrosion. So I was like, okay, I'm a, I want to see corrosion, but all right, I'll see Metallica. And it was good. I, I really don't have any bad memories of, you know, Metallica really, to be honest with you. I, I, I always liked them for the most part. And, uh, you know, they were good live. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so three times for you, Jarga, or twice? Twice. twice? Yeah, um, I saw them. I think it was '04 at the arena when they played. Godsmack opened up for them, and they did the the whole center. They were in the center of the the arena, and they the, it, the stage had spin around, and and that was pretty cool. And um, it was good. Um, I was with some people that had seen Metallica like back in the day, day. And they're, it's like they, they're like you know we can't really compare the two, 
uh, to what they were like, you know, when they were touring for Master of Puppets to ride the lightning versus what they were doing and you know, post St. Anger, basically. But it was it was a good time. And then this last, you know, last week was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I'd never been to the I'd never been to the stadium for a show. I mean, not the best sound quality, but um, they made up for it. They had a bunch of pyrotechnics and stuff in the second half of their show. And um, yeah, they really crushed it. I thought it was it was, a, it was a real good time. Did they take an intermission? A quick down moment? Yeah. Yeah, they did. And then they did a they did an encore. Okay. That's cool. I didn't hear anything bad about uh, their last show here. I heard they oh, were. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard since James sobered up that he's bringing a new kind of energy to them. He looked in really good shape. He looked, he looked awesome out there. Yeah. I, that, honestly, that's what I keep hearing from just around, like, uh, not just what people that went and saw him recently, but even just, you know, it's important that he doesn't go out the way that he was headed, though. <sighs> he was. He was pretty haggard. Um, I seen Metallica once. You did? Yeah, it was on YouTube. Mm. <laughs> when I yeah, when I saw him, it was like I said, it's it's it was summer of '03. It was after I graduated, so I used a lot of my graduation money to go to this big concert out in Toronto, and it was fine. Deftones was sweet. Mudbane was I. Lincoln Park was the best that night. Link uh Limbisk is Limbisk in my opinion. I bet they were good for people Crap. that like Limbisk. <laughs> their banner caught on fire. That was the best part of that set. <laughs> their pyrotechnics went off and it caught their banner on fire. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> but it went out. Uh let's get into what we were alluding to the whole time, which is our album review of Metallica's Master of Puppets. Now obviously we picked this for a reason. And uh, how many of us have watched Stranger Things season four? Yep. Nate did. I haven't made yep. it past the first season. I have homework. I'm still in the beginning of season three, and I'm probably not picking it up. But okay, I know what I know. I know what happened. Yeah. So the character Eddie Munson um, plays Master of Puppets in the Upside Down World, and it is really fun. It's really fun. Um, so topical, got a bunch of whatever generation this is hopping on the bandwagon and wanting to be now Metallica fans, which is absolutely hilarious. By the way, they did close with uh, Master of Puppets, and the video was of that the kid playing in the on the video screens too. Yeah, so they are they're swooping around and stuff. Yeah, they're they're jumping on it with it. I don't blame them. I mean, they you know oh, yeah. they. They've known about this for a while, so um, I kind of want one of those uh, Raglan shirts. Raglan, the Hellfire Club. Oh, yeah, be cool. Um, okay, Doug's back in. Um, let's get into the review now, uh, Doug, of Master of Puppets. So, Master of Puppets is the third album for Metallica. And it comes out in 1986. I, this is not even research. This is stuff I, I memorized. I know, impressive, right? Ooh. It's the only band that I have like memorized what years their their first few albums all came out. Up until wow. Black Album. Then I gave up. Well, no, then I know Load came out in 95. So whatever. 
Master of Puppets first thoughts. We'll get into songs one by one and stuff like that, but we chose this for a reason. We all were very excited for it. Um, let's go to Jarka on this one. Jarka, obviously a Metallica fan. You would not see them two times live without being some sort of a fan. So here you are. You are a fan of Metallica. Where does Master of Puppets rank for you? Um, top three. It's, you know, sometimes I have it and, you know, it's, I don't know. It depends on the mood I am between one and three, really between that ride, the lightning and injustice for all for me. So, um, I mean, listening to overall, just my overall sense of the album, I listened to the day at work and it was like, it was like basically imagine like grabbing your old favorite hoodie and putting it back on. Yep. That's how it feels like I, listening I to a guy. You, you just know everything, you know, every part of it, you know, every, you know, every beat, you know, every rift of it. It's just like, it's like going down a really nice memory lane. Like, you, you know, yep, yep, yep. Bam, bam, bam. Not, this is great. And then you hit damaging and you're like, Ugh. what? Uh, just- <laughs> I, I like damaging. Uh, I felt out of place. I, Alex was sitting with me. I was listening to it. I was like, Nah, this one feels different, but uh, yes, definitely top three okay. for me as well. Uh, Nate, you're. How about this? Nate traded the double album Metallica S and M to me with me for Weezer's Pinkerton, and we both declared on that first episode that Nate probably won that trade, even though I got two CDs out of it. <laughs> Um, it's all right. So the, the thing that I liked the most about this album was, is the sound of the guitar. Like, it's just like, they got such an awesome crunch sound out of it. I, I've always really liked Metallica's music. I don't like the vocals and I don't think he's a very good writer as far as like the lyrics go. So like, and it bugs me enough that I can't really get past it to like want to choose to put Metallica on and listen to it. Okay. That's um, fair. But if you, if you read more HP Lovecraft, I think you would probably, that's a lot of, of his lyrics are based off of, especially these first three albums. Hmm. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think I just felt like a lot of uh, like what he what he does with his with the vocals and and how he writes the lyrics just it's cheesy to me and I just I I'm not a big fan not and not cheesy like how uh, how Aerosmith is cheesy like a different type of cheesy <laughs> <laughs> um but I I do really like the music um and I think it's safe to say that without uh, without Metallica and without like the early stuff, especially this album, we wouldn't have a lot of what most of us are listening to right now. You know, we, we wouldn't have a lot of like the, the, like the metal that we have right now. And even the same can even probably be said for his vocals that I'm not a fan of. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I'm not a fan of it, but you can almost hear like uh, the beginnings of like what I listen to now, like you can hear stemming from it. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it, we they span such a long time 
founded in 1980. First album comes out in 81. We're literally talking about their first album came out 41 years ago. So the fact that they're still putting out new music and still touring, they distance themselves in a way that other artists just don't. So it's it's unique and it's it's a challenge for me to stay grounded to just the album and not be influenced. But I'm thinking at times I hear what you're saying, Nate, but he was so young back then. I mean, you're, he's probably like 26 years old, 25 years old, something like that. And also knowing where he came from and the religious background he came from, like every album was just like him reaching out to like explore something different, which I, so, was- I, I, I want to clarify that the content of the songs isn't bad. That's not what I have a problem with. It's the words that he chooses to use. Like, I just don't think that like he does a good job arranging the words in a way like I don't know, sloppy. Like I, it's just some of it. It just doesn't uh, doesn't seem like it flows well for me. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to better describe like how I what I mean. Okay, I'm charging now. Um, but yeah, like the, the, the content of the songs and the subject matter of the songs is is fine. You know, I don't I I don't have a problem with that. It's just the words that he chooses to use. I got you. Uh, Alex. I was trying to figure out what was going over there with Derek. <laughs> um, so generationally, I came into Metallica much later than this album. So Black Album was kind of my introduction. Um, outside of that album for, I don't know, Injustice for All, Ride the Lightning, and Master of Puppets, I kind of go after like the big ones that are familiar to me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I gravitated to mostly in this album. Just what I found familiar. Yeah. The rest of it was kind of like New Discovery. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you had no older siblings to show you no. Metallica. So anything you heard was over the radio, or maybe if a close friend yeah, got into them. My dad would play it. Yeah. Your dad would? Yeah. See, my dad was a fan too. My dad loved the Black Album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my dad, my dad was into like the, <laughs> the Edder Sandman part of Metallica. And I was like, oh, dad. <laughs> There's so much better music coming out of Metallica than I understand. It's all right, though. It's, a, it's still an iconic video. Mm-hmm. Uh, your thoughts, Jarka, on Master of Puppets? Oh, did you where did it go to you? Yeah, it already did me. Oh, okay. Doug, you still there? I am. Give me one minute, please. Yeah, I got you, my friend. I can go now. <laughs> and then you. <laughs> so, my brother, uh, born in 77. Metallica was the first big band that he would have got into. And he kind of picked on his own in a lot of ways, I'm sure. Um, it's probably the, uh, you know, uh, Injustice for All coming out in 88 uh, that he would have fallen in love with. You know, he's 11 years old at that point. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of like a 10, 11 years old is when I got like really into music. So I, I didn't ask him. I probably should have ahead of time because he's the reason that I love Metallica. My brother's cool. I'm a little kid. I want to be like him. I'll listen to Metallica. Yeah. So, Master of Puppets for me, 
uh, definitely falls in the top two. I, I love Kill 'Em All for all that it is, but musically, um, it is, as much as you may lose from the music that was written by um, Dave Mustaine is, and you know, leaving the band, um, I, I think, I think what James is able to do and uh, what Cliff's able to do growing to the next album of Ride the Lightning was my my favorite album. And then it's Master Pop is probably second. Hmm. What about you, Dougie? Well, Master of Puppets is definitely my my favorite Metallica album. And when that record came out, you said it was 1986. 1986. I had been playing guitar for about a year so far. Oh, my okay, God. He's so, Eddie Munson. <laughs> yeah. So, so when this, this record, and I think I talked about this once before, um, when... When this record came out, I, I didn't even know about it. I, I it, it just went under my radar. And a buddy of mine in my guitar class had asked me if I ever heard of him. I said no. He's like, you got to check the song out. And he plays Damage Incorporated for me. And it was just a life-changing event. Because I I just said, I'd never heard anything like this ever. Ever. I mean, even just from a technical, like a guitar player's technique, you know, I was like, I, I, I had no idea you could play this type of stuff. And, um, you know, and, and I said once before too, you know, Metallica back then, they just seemed like these four dudes that were just this fucking, they were this fucking unit, man, this gang. It was like, you know, we're going to go up there and we're going to kick everybody's fucking ass and fuck you. If you don't fucking like it, we don't give a blind shit. And it, it just, it was the whole attitude behind them from then. And it was just, it was just mind blowing. So, I mean, as far as, you know, master of puppets goes, that's definitely my favorite record. Then obviously with most of the bands I do, I go back and then kill them all is definitely my second and I'd have to say I'm tossed. It's a toss up with third between injustice and um, injustice and uh, ride the lightning. Um, I don't know. I mean, they both, they both are fantastic records. They both to me have some high points and some low points. Um, it's just, it's just, tough it's just tough i'm uh, i wonder if i would have saw metallica during the ride the lightning album if that would have swayed me a little bit more you know yeah. what i mean yeah but um yeah i'll just say as far as master of puppets go this record means just as much to me as any guitar player or any other band um in my life that has influenced me you know as far as music goes yeah. So. No, it's 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 iconic. It's why we picked it. We wanted to change it up. We're we're gonna pick one that a lot of us are gonna like more than um maybe like the other albums we reviewed where nobody seemed to enjoy the Beatles. <laughs> we had one more. Time. 
Uh, Alex, third down. That's one. This one's me this time. Let, let me add one more thing. Yeah, go ahead, Doug. Um, I think our podcast may be the first and only one on the planet so far where one of the members was doing the podcast and drove to a liquor store, bought vodka, and drove back. <laughs> I literally drove to the liquor store, bought vodka, and came back while we were doing this podcast. Is so. is the vodka for you or the missus? No, it's for both of us. Okay. Yeah, I got nothing wrong with vodka. Okay, yeah, sharing is caring. I I got a little bourbon in my glass tonight. Let's before we um probably getting pretty close to wrapping this up, but let let's go through favorite songs off this album if we have any. And we're gonna start with the most challenging one. Let's we're gonna start with Nate. Nate, did you have a favorite? Is there one that you like? Ooh, I like this. Uh yeah, it probably comes down to uh I guess battery or master of puppets. Okay. I mean, it does start off of a bank. Yeah. I mean, in master of puppets, you know, yeah. You know, maybe that's like the, uh, that's the popular answer. Right. But I've, I've always liked that song and it's, I don't know. I just stick with it. I guess I'm with master puppets. Okay. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Uh, Jarkia, what about you? Like, like battery and master puppets are like the quintessential metal songs. Like, like, that's like if you want a textbook metal song, like they're the cream of the crop. Yeah. But my favorite, mine's Disposable Heroes. And the reason why is because it's it's about it's about war, but it's not about war like how we I think a lot of bands will like they glorify war. Like like they talk about how great like maybe like great battles or something or about or heroism or something like that. I think like kind of like in the lines of like something like an Iron Maiden would do. But this but Disposable Heroes is about like what World War is really about. It's war is hell. And that's that's what they're describing in the song. They're not they're not they're not kind of like romanticizing it at all. It's straightforward, it's it's honest, it's brutal. Because uh, um, when you you know if you read books or you talk to people that are actually in, in in like actual conflicts and stuff, that's you know it's 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 really it's grim. It's not like it's not what people like 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 to, to glorify or or beautify it. And it's I just think it's it's the most honest like per, perception uh, like perception of, of it. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I'm not a big lyric guy, so it's probably lost on me. Because the second I hear that guitar, or the second I hear, okay, maybe not from Metallica, but normally the second I hear those drums, I'm like, man, guys, that was a shot at Lars Oliver. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his. That's another reason why I've never been a huge fan of Metallica. I, I, I admit don't. it too. Yeah, it's Doug, Doug, and I, and I'm sure Alex is, was there, and our friend Dean from work have had plenty of Lars bashing sessions. <laughs> I think the thing about Lars though is that like at least for me was like I want to I was looking to become a drummer like he he's the reason why I became a drummer because I saw how you know this this band's awesome then I listened to his music and I'm like holy shit I can play this too this is awesome <laughs> like in a weird like in a weird way like it's like it, it it's very you know, like he had a weird way of like being influential on people wanting to be a drummer and I think oh, the personality sure. had a lot to do with the two, man, because that guy's quite a character, you know. Lars used to be super cool until Napster. Yeah. 
he had a lot of fun at the at the show and he was awesome like well his personality and stuff everything at the show on, on last week i i yeah um and he's he was also one of the first like athletic drummers like he he was a former tennis like professional tennis player like him and like uh you think like danny carey from tool was you know he was he was a, a high school uh recruited to play college basketball uh dave lombardo kind of that same style of that athletic style of drumming that i that's i think kind of like you know broke a mold like in terms of like how how things have got, moved on from there in terms of the modern, modern drummer too mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I I mean, listen, it's only in like in a snobbish way that I think that people take like shots at him. It's, you know what I mean? I, I I've, honestly, I'll call myself out. It's, it's like a, a clout gathering thing. It's like, oh, what's your favorite drummer? Lars Ulrich. <laughs> like you're purposely trying to like egg on people to say that this guy from a really popular band, you know, who, may or not have the same chops as other people that are in his genre. Um, I mean, guys, I mean, Metallica, Metallica is, was so far before what we listen to now on drums and, and metal scenes. Like these guys get what they're playing today. Like, no, Lars could never, but then again, mm-hmm. is that fair? It's not fair. You know, uh, he didn't have a trigger, right? that we know of no. yeah no he didn't and they definitely they definitely were one of the tightest uh bands out there i mean i re- i just remember hearing them and just being like god damn these guys are just on the money i mean they were tight yeah um alex your thoughts on the album favorite song first that of is- all can you uh can you define that term clout you mentioned earlier Clout. so if i'm if i'm hanging around with musicians and we're talking shop and we're talking about other musicians i purposely would would agree more that lars sucks if that's what the consensus is if the consensus of people talking around me i would be like yeah lars sucks sounds bandwagony it is i'm admitting to it but <laughs> It wasn't. That's that's not always the case. Like I, I've got my favorite drummers, and it's probably the case. Well, we may never talk about them in this podcast, but we'll see. <laughs> well, clout is also a tasty fish that lives in Lake Erie. So, <laughs> see, here's the part where I can't tell if he's serious or not. That's the we could do a drum. Alex. I mean, come on. <laughs> what what you are some? Just go get vodka. Yes. What are we could do a drummer draft, Alex. Oh, oh, we, we will. We will. We'll get there. We don't want to burn that part out. Right. Right. I can't wait for that. I actually am more. I'm looking forward to the drums, but I'm also definitely looking forward to the bass. I don't know enough of either. I'm going to have to do some research. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm just going with my favorite, my, my favorite bands. And <laughs> I don't know I'm his name, but the drummer from August Burns Red will be on. I will. I don't know. I don't see you guys drafting them, so I will. <laughs> well, I'm going to take we... them now just because. Oh, <laughs> You're off the podcast. <laughs> I can't wait till we do the draft of our favorite executive producer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, recruit album cover artist. Do you have a, you have any songs, Ooh. Alex, that you want to m- mention? Um, I don't know. I'm going to take the cliche route and uh, Master of Puppets. 
the yeah. song that stands out the most the most to me on this album. So. I mean, um, it, it became so popular for a reason. Right. And uh, I don't know. I enjoy Sanitarium. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 Like the darkness. Mm-hmm. Dougie, are you doubling down on some of these? I am going to double down on Disposable Heroes. Absolutely, dude. That song. I mean, the music fits the feeling, the lyrics, everything. That is one militant ass sounding song, man. Yeah. I, I, the one to the first time I ever heard that song, I was like, what the fuck? This is a whole different style. Never heard anything like it. It was, it blew my mind, man. Kind of like that, that James horn. Hetfield, that James Hetfield guitar sound. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's ever been reproduced the way it was. <laughs> Like are you are you standing next to the tracks? <laughs> I'm I'm probably about I don't know. I live about two blocks away from a tracks. Holy shit! That's a loud <laughs> horn. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Silliness. <laughs> but, Damn it, uh, CSX. <laughs> Thomas, what are you talking? <laughs> um. So yeah. That I'm doubling down on that. And then I'm just gonna go right back to Damage Incorporated too. You know, I mean Damage, Damage Incorporated was just such an incredible, incredible um song to me that uh you know I've I I, I you know I've said all I need to say about that song before, you know, it's just it yeah. was insane. But you know, Metallica did you know the cool thing I did like about Metallica is a lot, you know, and I'll say they very well could have been doing this on other records. But you know, I fell away from them. Was it was really cool to hear a band that went, you know, we're going to throw an instrumental on uh, our albums, you know, and those, you know, second sides towards the end, you always had some sort of an instrumental on there, you know, and it was really cool. I liked yeah. that too a lot about about that. I'm surprised no one's brought up Orion. Oh my god, I, yeah. I debated it. Believe me, you know, but. You know, if I'm just going to say songs, you know, disposable heroes. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, um, maybe this is a popular opinion. I don't even know. Cliff Burton was the best musician in that band. He um, is, he is, in my opinion, he, he is as good at playing the bass as we did with when we drafted our guitars and we mentioned yeah. David Gilmore or we mentioned uh jimmy hendrix or we mentioned you know any of these ginormous names at playing guitar cliff burton in my opinion is up there as far as bass players go but we had him for such a short time you yeah i can i can agree to that from more 80, I think about it yeah 81 to 86 you know it's it's and I'll throw five this out years. There. just something to think about you know is if cliff burton never passed away would Metallica have taken the same path that they did? I always wondered about this because, you know, I don't know, man, you know, having Cliff Burton in the band and having all those four guys, the way they were kind of just makes me feel like, yeah, Bob rock might not have made it through to the black album. You know what I'm saying? I just, I don't know if they would have went down that path, but who knows? How, How different is and justice for all? 
Well, <sighs> I, I, see, this is the thing. It's like, I, I it's simpler. Do you think? Well, like, I think in terms of like, like, if after listening to Disposable Heroes and especially Leper Messiah today, I kind of started thinking like hmm, this kind of like kind of hints a little bit more towards injustice for all than I previously realized. Like, listen, especially those two songs, at least kind of lyrically about like what they were kind of like just for all is about like about like the about power, about people, about being power and 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 and, and, and like greed amongst like the world and. Uh, and uh, and that's kind of what those kind of lyrics are kind of kind of pushing towards, I think. So I think they're kind of heading towards that that way. But in terms of the album as a whole, I wouldn't say. I mean, definitely would have you know affected it as a whole, though. I think, like in terms of Cliff Burton dying, you wouldn't get it like a like you wouldn't get it wholly as angry as it was. You wouldn't get blackened. I don't think because mm-hmm. blackened blackened was what. What they the, the first song they wrote after he died was blackened, and they were just they just they were just angry and they were pissed off and and they're at, at the world and everything that was going around there and they and we would have probably gotten blackened for sure. And it could very well be that they did have a lot of song ideas written already for that album with Cliff. Yeah, that they just threw on there, you know, because a lot yeah. of bands do that, you know, they have all these ideas fucking stored up and. A member happens to pass away, they're just like, well, let's still use these. They're great ideas. Yeah. And I, I absolutely. I mean, you you wouldn't. You'd want to do it in memoriam, and then in hindsight, I guess they decided they didn't. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to do a memoriam. They didn't want someone else playing Cliff songs. Those are supposed to be Cliff songs. So th- that's the one. They didn't want another bass player because he's <laughs> completely absent on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Let me just scoop all your levels way down. Right, welcome or to on, the band. No one's going to hear you. Yeah. We're it's almost get... like they're continuing to haze Jason Newstead by not like doing <laughs> that. Yeah. But but also like uh, uh, to live is to die. The last like the spoken word part at the end that was that's quoted as being from from uh from Cliff Burton. Oh. Okay. Interesting. So that, another thing that wouldn't be on there. What a great song. Yeah. Well, I would give it eight out of ten. Based on other Metallica albums. <laughs> it is it is almost almost perfect. Almost perfect. I really don't like the way they end the album with Damage Inc. I think that maybe needed to be somewhere else on the album. In my opinion, that song kind of stuck out as different than the rest of the album. I mean, those first two songs are perfectly drive into each other. And then I think they find a good middle ground and then uh, they start pulling themselves out of it. And then Damage Inc. is, is it's almost a different genre at times. Maybe that not song. even have it on that record. It it doesn't it doesn't feel like that. The the thrash, the real thrash if it felt like they were diving into some other stuff. Like almost like it was the first like hard rock like that we think of hard rock from our times. Like that's I hear a lot of inspiration for that. Maybe even a little grunge influence, you know, the grunge would have come a lot of out of I don't know. It it to me though, it did it stopped me dead in my tracks. I'm like, this song just sounds different than the rest of the album. I read today that they almost started that album with a joke. That they were going to have a joke as the intro to the album. 
That's awesome. I don't know what the, I don't know what the joke was, but back in the day, that's back exactly. in the day, comedians just open up for bands. So I don't know. Kind of yeah. makes sense. Um, anyone yeah. else who? Uh, yeah, everyone needs to rate this. So Alex, the man that's stuck next to me. Seven two five. <laughs> well, we're getting into even more decimals now. <laughs> yeah, this is an untapped, Alex. <laughs> uh, uh, so well, in that case, it can only go to five. So four. No, <laughs> seven two finds perfect. Uh, Doug. So compared to all the other Metallica records, I don't know. Just how enjoyable is it for you to listen to this album? How about that? I love this record, dude. I, and uh, I'm just—I'll give it a ton. I'll give it a ton, man. Ooh, I love it. it just, dude. I like I said, it just goes back to me being so new at really concentrating on music and just starting to play guitar, and then something like this comes out, changes your world. It's just there. It is, Nate. <clears throat> um I don't fucking know man. Uh for for what it is and what I feel like it has done for the metal genre, I feel like I would give it a uh I'd probably give it an 8. Did you um, did you enjoy this while while listening to it enough to give it a rating? If I'm rating it for myself, I'd give it like a five. Yeah. That's actually I just, better than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I I like it. You know, there's there's a couple so like you know, I, I genuinely like battery and master of puppets. Um, but a lot of the other stuff I, I don't like. And yeah. I, and each song I can pick something out where I'm just like, ugh. Like that's just I wouldn't have done that there. <laughs> Except for every of single course, I'm not them. Every single bass note is perfect. Yeah, well, yeah, but I don't listen to bass when I'm listening to music. I listen to guitar. Well, you did it in Orion, though. You didn't have a choice. That dude takes the lead like a badass. Uh, Jarka? Nine. I'm going to avoid the fractions and go for nine. Um, <laughs> and it would be... I love every song on the album, and I, but I only just... I like the thing that it should not be. I don't love it, though. Like I get why it's on there kind of because you get those two heavy hitter songs and then you need to kind of start, you know, kind of transition off of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. It's just, it's the one song like me and my stepbrother would sit around. We'd be listening to that. We'd crank it up, you know, on a Saturday night or something. And he'd be like, you know, be like, yeah, this is like the one that's kind of, you know, taking us down a one. This is kind of a little bit of a bummer. It's a good song, but it's kind of a bummer. But uh, so, yeah, I give it a nine. I thought it was a fun album to drive around to. I noticed that. But maybe that's just a thing with music, that music and driving around just go so well together. Mm-hmm. You could be listening to ABBA and have a good time, I guess. <laughs> you could listen to any like, speed metal and realize, no, fuck, I'm doing 77. Yeah, you don't even <laughs> don't it's a 35. A... Uh, so... so- I got, I got, I got a question for you guys. Since you guys are all more of the Metallica purists, right? You guys all like like the older stuff and whatever. My favorite Metallica song. You guys, you gotta let me know if I should, you know, if this is, I, I should be ashamed or not. But until it sleeps is my favorite 
Metallica song. As purist as you guys are, I enjoy it. Yeah, if you if you take it for what it is, it's all right song. I thought yeah. it was one of the better songs in that album. Yeah, I was just curious. <laughs> it's a great video. I've never seen the video. No, no nope. video. Nate, I'm going to take your stance on it and say I don't care for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm glad to hear like, somebody else say that though because I feel like I'm I'm always I'm I'm like the pessimist I'm 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 always the one hating that stuff. <laughs> looks like you're, more like you're until it's dead, crack, man. I love it. Uh, yeah, let's discuss real quick, and then we're on the pod. What do we want to do next week? No, next month. Sorry, I'm so used to saying next week of podcast. Once again, can I can I uh, can I jump in on this? I would love to. Yeah. I would love to do something that I have no idea what it is. So obviously I'm older than you guys. And, uh, you know, a lot of these bands, I mean, I'll admit, you know, I never heard of or listened to one note from. So I don't know if you guys are still down with the chronological order type of thing, but I say do someone new. And let me, let me, Put a little bit of spin on it. You know what I mean? I do have an idea. I mean, we could still find a band that Doug had not li- had probably has not listened to, and it's in the nineties. I mean, that's possible. It could be. I was going to say, if we wanted to go off the map, I know an album by a band that we, you guys might know who it is after I tell you. Um, it is from two thousand seven, though. I don't know if we want to jump that far. Mm-hmm. You should probably ask the rest of the guys. I'm I'm kind of on board with going uh, still, you know, going with the '90s next and kind of still going in order. I think it's yeah. fun. Okay. Well, I still yeah. want to surprise Doug. I like that idea. It's a challenge. Our, as I as a veteran here on this planet Earth, uh, you like the way I put that, Doug? That makes him sound a lot older than he actually is. <laughs> a veteran? No, that's like in the like in the NFL. He's a, he's a good vet, you know. He, that means he's been in the league like six, seven years. That's not that long. Um, damn, is it that dark out already, man? We've been doing yeah. this quite a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I love to watch Dougie in the wilderness. It's romantic. The wilderness of the pew. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, okay, we'll figure it out. Off it's there. actually oh, the boy. only tree in the area. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and it's friggin' not hey. about to fall over dead. I'm in the pew. I'm looking at three trees right now. <laughs> can you see the pew from your house uh tarka um let me take a look at my window there's a couple trees in the way though. Be, be careful those be are careful the trees those trees are uh, those are nate's trees that you can't see <laughs> yeah. the, the, those are all my trees on my street i'm literally technically four blocks away from the pew oh okay okay you're that close i thought you were um, yeah Good pod, guys. Thanks yeah. for coming on. That was fun. Yeah. Thank you. S- stick it to Mike for going to a stupid show instead of hanging out with us. Oh, come on. He would have listened to the wrong album or picked the wrong, done something wrong. That might be everyone's <laughs> favorite part of the podcast. We don't know. He would have listened to I Disappear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And this know, was man. and and this album was his idea, <laughs> and he still would have forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's I don't true. mind listening to a little bit of G Love. 
and the special sauce. <laughs> well, thanks, listeners, for listening as you do every episode. Uh, we will be back in one month with a new Hall of Fame person to vote out and some album yet to be determined from some artists that Doug cannot know. It's a challenge to all of us. Um, I, I don't know how we're going to figure that out, but Doug will let us know, I guess. So until next time, tune in. <clears throat>